Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dream Maker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's an actor, producer with quite an impressive resume. He's worked with some of the biggest directors in showbiz and has carved out an awesome career in Hollywood. I want to welcome Douglas Tate to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Hey, Billy. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. It's good to finally meet you. I mean, we we had conversations before yes. because... Uh, no, I think it was like a year ago, maybe, maybe. Oh, it was longer. It's been yes. like three, four years, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was, I was in pre-production to direct a, a film and, uh, you know, I had this creature, this Gorn that I, from Star Trek and, you know, there's a fight scene and I needed an actor for it. So I, you know, I've been in the business a long time. I got a lot of friends in the stunt business. I started reaching out and I started saying, listen, anybody know uh, somebody could do this and anybody know? and literally Everybody that I went to said, oh, you got to get Douglas Tate. <laughs> Everybody said that. That's I awesome. Said, I love to hear that. Never, wow. You never told me yeah, that. Yeah, you, you have uh, an impeccable reputation in the business as a pro. Oh, thank you, and, man. And, and I, I yeah. believe that's truly why you work in the business, because, you know, number one, you're a great actor and you're a nice guy and people want to work with you and you're a pro and you show up and you do your job. So. Wow. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Well, it's the truth. I mean, I heard it from, you know, several people when I was looking around. Yeah. So, you know, you got a great wow. rep in the biz. That's awesome, man. So I, I developed the podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams. So whatever your dream is, you know, if a kid like me can come out from Brooklyn at 18 to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one-way ticket, didn't know his soul out here and can make the dream a reality, then why can't they do it? Right. If, we, yeah. if a guy like you the, that had a dream and now you're working, you know, you've worked with JJ Abrams and you've done some big, huge projects working with A-listers you know, you made that a reality. So I would love for you to share, you know, when did you first know you wanted to be an actor? And, you know, what were the steps you took to, to make the dream a reality? Absolutely. Yeah. So in high school, I was a jock. I played basketball. So I never did theater and stuff because I there was this like disconnect back then of like, oh, you're a jock. You can't do a theater play. I think it's different now. I think it's ridiculous, by the way. But but I would be performing in front of like everybody would ask me to do their short film or, you know, do some silly skit for class or whatever. So I just knew that I love that. So when I was like 16, my friend said, hey, uh, I got this. I found this ad. Let's go do the extra work on this movie. So we ditched school did this extra work. It was a one camera movie. I actually have a clip I posted not too long ago where you see me and him jumping around in the back and then it cuts to the other angle and it's, it's Chuck Norris's son. And then you see us jumping around on the other angle and then it goes back and forth. You see us on both sides behind the man and the woman. And it was because we were so excited to be on camera. <laughs> and so, so that was kind of like my first thing. And Obviously, I was just a background guy. I was an extra, but I just, there was just something about being on set. I'm like, I have to do this. So I, um, in high school, I got a job at Universal Studios because I'm like, how can I perform? What can I do? And I got a job doing characters at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Wow. So I did, I did The Wolfman. I did Frankenstein. I did Harry Show. And then I performed me and my brother as these like tourists that were like really tall and goofy and we played it really real. And, and that was like my side job performing. And I was like, 
once I graduated from high school, I was like, how can I make this like a reality? You know, and I started getting advice from people that worked there because everybody that was a, a character there was an actor pursuing the career. So I started to ask questions and took acting class and it kind of, you know, led me to getting my agent and stuff. And, and, and I always tell people this, I say, if you have a skill, use that skill to get in the business. I'm a prime example of that. I was a really good basketball player and I met this agent that said, what can you do? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I play basketball. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're perfect. You have the right look. I'm going to send you on basketball commercials. That's how I got into SAG, right? When I was 18 years old, I got right into SAG. I didn't have to, you know, struggle for years to try to get in the union. So I, I really tell people that I'm like, if you have a skill where they want you, because they're not going to want you at first, you got to work on your craft. You got to, you have to train and do things. But if you have something they want you for, like a basketball player or you, you ski or, you know, whatever it is. That's an that opens doors for you to get seen and hopefully get in a commercial where you do say a line or something. So that was kind of my start in, in the business. That's how I I got in the door and I was pursuing acting while I did my side job at Universal. And that was the only job I've actually ever had besides acting, which is pretty, pretty cool. That's awesome advice. You know, I tell my actors all that, you know, at my studio here, I, I, I teach the craft of acting and I guide them. Yes. If you have a dream and you don't know how to get started, well, guess what? I do. I've been there, you know, yeah. done that. Yeah. I got the T-shirt to prove it. So I opened up my school seven years ago. And that's what, you yeah. know, I found my true passion is being the guide. And and I know how to get you where you want to go. So I tell, you know, if I have an actor that comes in and he's, a, you know, six foot something, I, that's the first thing I go, do you know how to dribble basketball? Because yeah, if you yeah. don't, yeah. start now. You know, if you're, if, <laughs> if you, if you look Hispanic, well, maybe you should start working on it. Make sure you an accent. Maybe you can do a Mexican accent, a, a Cuban accent, you know, because these are the yeah. kind of roles that you're going to go out on. Absolutely. So you want to yeah, develop Especially that. at first, like, as, as you know, like, you know, you were very Brooklyn because you were from Brooklyn. So you were that guy, you know, and, and you were amazing. And I've seen seen your clips you posted and, and show all the shows I've seen growing up. And like, you had something that, a lot of others may not have had, and, and you use that. And that's exactly what we're talking about. You got to go with your look, especially at first. When you start getting a resume, you could kind of break away and say, well, I'm not really the, the tough guy just because I'm tall with a shaved head. I could do comedy. I could do this. But at first, you kind of got to go with how they see you. Sure. You know, I mean, you always kind of do that. But once they get to know you and see what else you can do, then you can move on to other things. But yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. That's, well, you that's know, I, like I say all, all the time to my actors is this is, this is a business show business, you know, yeah. a lot of people do the yeah. show, but they don't do the business and yeah. you want to yeah. know what you're selling to Hollywood. You're a product, yeah. right? Yeah. So like you said, I knew exactly what I was selling to Hollywood when I got here, I was selling the New York street you know, playing that up. I mean, yeah. you know, my, my TV series, they, that I did with Matthew Perry, they were looking for yeah. a surfer dude from Venice beach with a parrot on his shoulder. That's how they described the character. And I was like, Oh my God. Nah, I said, I seem like the Fonz with the leather jacket drives. He drives a motorcycle, snaps his fingers. So I went in with the leather jacket and I played up the New York accent, which made the dialogue funnier and they rewrote wow. the show and gave me the part. And, you know, still see that see, right there. That's absolutely amazing because you took it upon yourself because really, honestly, they don't know what they're looking for. I mean, some people do, but a lot of times they're putting out a breakdown, what they think they want. But if you come in and you see the character and it's different, don't try to be something that you're, you're not going to be that beach guy. If you would have went in like everybody else, and you're a guy from book and playing the surfer guy, you're not going to, you wouldn't have got that part. And you know that, but you came in knowing what you had and you knew what was funny and did it. And that's an amazing thing. And that takes confidence, you know, and that takes a little, a little bit of, uh, you know, balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding back on saying it, no. but, but yeah, you know, cause I, I know for me, when I was starting out, I couldn't have done that. I didn't have the confidence to do that. 
you know, and I pandered to what they wanted. And as I got further down the career and realized, like, I got to give them my flavor, man. I can't do exactly what they're saying and hit the explanation point on this line. And that, that just stuff doesn't work. It's just fake. It's phony. You got to give them something real, you know, and it took me a long time to get to that point, but that's what experience does. So, so that's amazing that you were able to do that. Well, you know, it's it's about making some big choices and changing their mind. Like you said, you, they think they know what they want, but they really don't. Because as soon as you show them, the, you bring that character into the door and it's like, oh, my God, there he is. Because your choices, because you're bringing the character in the door. I mean, that's I, I don't know how you work, but I know for me. I learned very early on, if I'm going in to read for the military guy, well, you know what? I'm shaving my head and I'm doing 150 push-ups, and I got the the, oh, yeah. the tight fit khaki dog tags, boots. I'm coming in like yeah. a friggin' I just got off the, yeah. you know, out of the tank and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. screaming military. Yeah, absolutely. Young, early on, I'd come in with my jean jacket and my sides rolled up and, you know, there was nothing military about me from the second I walked in. I didn't get that part because I, you know, but then I got yeah. hip. I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to leave anything to their imagination. Look, they don't know who you are. You need to show them that character. Yes, you can be your own self and your personality, but like, give it the look, you know, yeah. dress the part. Yeah. Some casting directors don't like you, like for theatrical stuff to come in in a cop uniform and things like that, but at least give you know, the look like buzz in the head. Absolutely. Like when I see guys at auditions and it's a military or a cop thing or firemen and they got long hair and tattoos and a nose <laughs> ring, I'm like, how's this guy? This guy ain't going to get the part. You know, he better be a damn good actor for them to look past all that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, you know, let's say uh, an LAPD officer, you know, they wear a white shirt and then they have the blue. So what I would yeah. do is, is I didn't have a, you know, LAPD uniform. So I would have the white shirt under and then I would get a blue shirt, short sleeve, just like a look, yeah. just like the uniform. I didn't have the badge Absolutely. anything, but I was screaming police officer. I was showing them yeah. what that looked like. And then after Absolutely. playing a couple of cops, you know, I had the uniform in the closet. Yeah, I'd walk in in a full LAPD uniform. And, and, yeah. and you know, the, the other actors in the lobby were going, are you a real cop? And I go, yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that yeah. your silver friggin' Mercedes double parked out there? So you better move that shit. I'm going to get it. I'm going to tow it. You know? <laughs> but, but, you know, the, 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 the director that cast me in the role. I said, why'd you cast me in the role? He says, well, I was looking at tape and there was like an actor and an actor and an actor. And then boom, there you were a cop wow. right Amazing. there. So you showed, I, I showed him the, the role and he, and he changed his mind. Yeah. That's, and, that's and, great. Yeah. And he had promised that role to a producer on the project because he wow. did it as a short film. So now wow. I get cast in it. And the hardest job was, is I had to have the producer as my partner in my car and, he, you know, here I'm doing a scene with Danny Trejo and I could feel his eyes burning in the back of my head because, yes. he's pissed because I got that part. Like, oh, I love Danny Trejo, by the way. He's awesome. He's awesome. But, you know, yeah. it's those choices that you make. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. I got my LAPD uniform in the closet myself. So yeah, I mean, you have to listen, you know, for me. I used to carry a makeup box with, I'd go uh -huh. to cinema secrets and I get those same mustaches that, you know, the real makeup artists would use, you know, I'd go to Namie's yeah. beauty supply. I'd go where they bought their stuff. And That's the quality. And, yeah. The quality yeah. stuff, the stuff that doesn't yeah. look like you got a fake mustache or, you know, yeah. or I yeah. learned how to lay down a beard or stipple or whatever. I learned how uh -huh. to put a goatee on because I'd be clean shaven and my agent would call me up and go, yeah. Hey, you have an audition tomorrow to play, uh, a Vato from East LA, uh, you know, a Cholo. And I'm be like, yeah, okay. I've opened up my, yeah. my magic, little box, a little spirit, you know, and next thing you know, I got wow, a goatee, man. I got a tat, you know, I'm that's yeah. amazing. And, and I, and I, wow. and that's the guy, because if I walked in like me, I wasn't going to get the job. Oh, because man, that yeah. role was, they were looking for that character. You know, he was yeah. a gang leader, a, a Mexican, yeah. Vato, you know, that was the character. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I brought into the door. That's great. That's a, that's amazing. Wow. But you know, you, you've done the same thing because I heard an interview um, for, for one of your roles. I, I, was it, I don't know, Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees yeah. or one of the, that they yeah. wanted, uh, they wanted you to put yourself on tape. 
and you went like full out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was Michael Myers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. tell me, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So in the last Halloween Kills, I got recommended for it. I actually, I actually auditioned for Michael Myers in 2015, and it looked like I was going to get the role, and it was a different one than this last one. And what happened was is they had a deal with Harvey Weinstein Dimension Films, and something went wrong and they never ended up doing the movie so anyways they knew me over there so fast forward uh that was 2015 till 2019 um chris nelson one of the makeup guy on set he's academy award winner he recommends me for halloween kills and it was for this flashback scene where they went back to 1978 to the original right it looks amazing by the way in the film they really did it good so I was like, okay, I know that character. I grew up watching him. I love Michael Myers. And I have a, an amazing replica of that 1978 mask. It's not one you get off at a store. It's like a $500 mask. I have the overalls. I have the knife. I had everything. And I, I was working on a show in Atlanta called Legacies. And they have this huge prop warehouse. And like, they have everything and it's just amazing. And we, I filmed it in there and I had people coming in, I was slamming them against the wall and, you know, like really, really thought it out. And then I edited and added music. Cause I was like, you know what? I can do a normal audition, but I could really make this like the real deal. And it's Michael Myers and it's, and, and I did and, and, and it was great. And what ended up happening is the stunt coordinator ended up playing the role that I auditioned for, but he called me to double stunt double the main guy in the movie so i didn't get that role but i did get it because it's a very specific thing like and we, we can get into this but you know a lot of times they'll hire a stuntman to do a character like that but i feel like the stuntman has to know how to bring the character to life michael myers has been around since 1978 you don't just show up and go okay i'm doing my stunt and you know you there's a walk to it the head move, there's so many elements to it that, you know, I wanted to bring that to life along with doing the physical stuff too. So that's kind of how that all went, all played out. And, and I'm glad that I did go all out because I think it made it. That's difference. why you got the part because you, yeah. see, but that's, you know, I tell my actors now with, you know, the business has changed, you know, there's a, in the, the walking in the door thing is probably going to be a thing of the past, you know, everything's self-tape. Yeah. So here's how I feel about, the rules about self-taping, you know, with the blue background and the sides. And, you know, it's like, I, to me, that's fake. You know, if I'm auditioning for a serial killer, right? And I got yeah. a blue background behind me, you know, it's like, it's a, you lost me at a hello, man. Oh, but, you know, why God. can't, give me a gray wall. Give me something that looks real. Yeah. Don't give me something fake. So, but what yeah. you did is you, I, I tell my actors all the time, Give them the performance. You have one opportunity, wardrobe, yeah. hair, makeup, lights. Do it. Like you said, you, you edited it. You put some music. Give it to them. What's the worst yeah. thing they're going to go? That's a little overproduced. You know, it's, it looks too good. You know, is, yeah, is, is no. the performance? I know. I know. And, 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 you know, something like this, I had the freedom to do it. And, and I know what you're saying. It's just, I don't know, like some, you know, they're, they lay down all these rules. They send you the email. They're like, please have this, have a, a clear backdrop and please have the camera, you know, framed here. And here you are like having to be expressive and move around and show action. And you're in this, this right here. And it's like, it's sometimes you do feel like you're, you're being kind of, you're acting in this feels stiff sometimes in an audition because you may not know the material like you would if you had the role and, and all these other things and you want to move and you want to do these things. And, and, and I, I don't like them being so restrictive. I know why they do it. They probably do it to say, Hey, don't do this and don't do that. So it's not distracting, but at the same time, it does come off phony a lot of times. And I like that you tell them to be different because it does stick out. It does stick out when you do, you take a risk and do something different. You got five minutes with me. I'm a casting director. You better play yeah. full out. You better make some big ass choices, some choices, yeah. life, life and death choices, choices that I, you leave a piece of your soul behind. So I go, wow, yeah. I felt that one. That person made me feel something. That person made me laugh. They made me cry. They scared the crap out of me. I mean, that is your awesome. job as an actor is to yeah. look at the piece of material and go, 
What am I supposed, why did the writer write this? What am I supposed to make him feel? And then make him yeah. feel that. You know, yeah. I learned that very early on in my very first audition in Hollywood. Right? Wow. The very first one, you know, I came out, I, that 200 bucks ran out real fast, <laughs> like real yeah. fast. I needed an agent. So I got a list of agents at the Screen Actors Guild. And this is 1984 before GPS yeah. and cell yeah. phones. So, yeah. so, you know, I had the Thomas guide, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went through that, man. I'm not 80s. I'm 90s, but I went through all that stuff. <laughs> I'm banging on doors, man, trying to find an agent. No, 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 no. Get lost. Yeah. Take it, you know. And, yeah. and I went through the A's, the B's, the C's. I finally found an agent at Y. The Yenez Talent Agency. I couldn't listen. Failure was not an option. I didn't have a plane ticket yeah. back. Yeah, I was not gonna. I was gonna make it no matter what. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I get this agent, and he's a rinky dinky agent, whatever. You know, he sends me. But long story short, he sends me out on my first audition, and it's for an episode of The Fall Guy with Lee Majors. Okay, now yeah. I grew up as a little boy watching him on the Six Million Dollar Man. I would sit on my yeah. couch when I was sixteen and stare at this show about. Hollywood and stuntmen going, I want to do that, you know? And, and yeah. then he gets me this audition, my very first audition at 20th Century Fox. Now I don't, I don't know California. I, I found a little yeah. apartment like sharing a room in Van Nuys. <laughs> so, so now I'm in Van Nuys and I got to get to 20th Century Fox. I got no money. I got to take a bunch yeah. of buses to get there, but I get, I get there and I, I yeah. go on to 20th Century Fox lot and it's magical, man. They got the fake walls, yeah. New York City streets. And I'm like, this is the stuff that I've been watching on TV, you know, and I get to the yeah. audition and there's all these actors in the lobby with leather jackets looking, trying to look like tough yeah. guys. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and the character's name was Billy. <laughs> Wow. So, so I have a diamond pinky ring that says Billy on it. And I put my fist in every one of the actors faces. So what does that say? Billy, that's me. You can go home. And I told everybody in the room to go in the lobby to go home. And then I get into the room with the casting director and the scene is I'm threatening yeah. this other kid. And I'm telling, let me tell you something about me. I'm either going to be your friend or your enemy. So it's up to you. But I didn't know any better. So I reached over the, and I grabbed the casting director out of the chair oh, and, shit. and, and like, you know, spewing saliva. And she went, time out, time out, time out. She goes, number yeah. one, she goes, never, ever, ever, ever put your hands on a casting director ever again. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, you know, I didn't know. It's my first audition. She goes, yeah. number two, she goes, you're not leaving town, are you? I go, no, why? She goes, because you got the part. Wow. She goes, oh my you can't, God. You can't tell the other actors in the lobby because I got to read them out of courtesy. So I walked out into the lobby. I said, go home. She told me I got the job. So. <laughs> okay. We, we, we had a different path, man. <laughs> so long story. You never want to do any of that. You never want to get into a conflict with the actor. No. And you never want to put your hands on a casting director. You never, but here's what the beautiful, valuable lesson I learned on that very first audition was one. I owned the lobby. Right. I owned that lobby. As far as I was, I was Billy. Billy had entered the lobby. Everybody else could go yeah. home. OK, yeah. how do you do that as an actor? Well, you do that by the work, you know, the backstory, knowing who yeah. you are. I guarantee you, yes. You, you ask those kids, hey, where, where are you from? What's your mother's name? What? They have no idea. Oh, it didn't say so on the script. Well, you know, yeah. doing yeah. the work, bringing in, coming in the yeah. wardrobe, walking in the room, owning that room. You don't have to say a word. Your 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 behavior, your, your character yeah. is yeah. coming into the door. That's how you own that lobby. Yeah. Dude, when I walked in that room, yeah. what did I do? I, I made that casting director feel something. Fear. Yeah. I scared the crap and, out of her. <laughs> you know what was great is you kind of had that energy somewhat of who you are. And that worked in your favor to, to have that kind of a role at the beginning of your career. Mm -hmm. I think it really like, from what I'm hearing is you were able to see what you did and put it into your work after that without really knowing exactly. much as an actor. For me, I had the opposite kind of thing going on when I first started. If I, when I walked on a universal lot or a studio lot, I was like, it was too much for me. Like it, instead of it going, Oh yeah, I'm going to conquer this. I went inside and I was like, Oh my gosh, I was very intimidated by it. It like made me over nervous where I was, couldn't perform. So that took a lot of years to get past that. Can, can you tell me how you got past it? Because I know there are listeners or actors out there that they're dealing with that, you know, nerves, uh, you know, people call it nervous. I call it excitement. Yeah. And I, I think you got to rephrase it that way, but I think it was too overwhelming at that time where I couldn't, 
even if I said that and over and over and really meditated, it, it, it was too deep inside and it was, it was making me not be able to do what I knew I could do. And also I wasn't training a lot back then. I'd take an acting class and then I'd just be like, oh, I'm, I'm funny. My friends like me and this and that. So I wasn't doing the work that I should have done. And I thought, I thought by, you know, like training at the gym and doing all these body things back then that that was going to make me, you know, be liked and, and things like that. So I had the wrong perspective. I think that if I was training all the time and doing the work, it would have made that situation better. But for whatever reason, because I did all this, and this is, this is talking like when I first started out the first few years or whatever, I thought I was talented enough to just go in there and book the role without putting the work in it. And it wasn't working for me that way. I didn't, it, it didn't work well for me. So I think through years of getting better and studying and training. And now I tell people, make your own stuff, man. I've, I've learned the most from making my own short films. And I just directed my first feature. And I, I thought I knew most stuff from being on sets, but I'll tell you what, man, that was the greatest learning experience of my career. Awesome. Was that sure. Angel Baby? That is, yes, yes. Awesome. So how was that? That's a whole different animal, directly. That's a whole different animal. Um, my wife is uh, the lead in it. I can't talk too much about it because it's in the hands of someone, but I'll just say, I'll say like the stuff that I learned from it and things like that. My wife, Isabel Cueva, is the main producer. She stars in the movie. She wore a hundred hats. I directed it. I edited it. I wore so many hats, but I learned so many things. I mean, even as an actor, like just learning from being behind the camera. I also worked in the movie. I played a smaller role, but it's amazing to create something and see it from a different side, but, but really learn from all the technical things and creative things through, you know, what, what was on paper and how it changed and how you got to be open to what you see in the moment and like doing your shot list. And then, you know, seeing the edit and how certain things didn't work. So you try to figure out a solution and do pickup shots. And I mean, I could just go on forever about how much I learned from that film. It's, it's just, that's why I say like, yes, you need to get an agent. Yes, you need to be training. But, you know, nowadays we can do stuff easier than you could when you first started. I mean, you could shoot stuff on your phone. That's not really this, what you want to do though, if you do a professional project, but still you could shoot on your phone, get a tripod, learn angles, learn shots and this and that, and then write a, a, a short film, you know, you were doing it and, and shoot the thing. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to learn from it and you're going to give yourself a role that's going to fit you much better than your, your two line co-star on a TV series is going to do for you. I'll tell you I that. Tell, listen, I tell my actors all the time, here's what you need to do. Okay. First of all, you got to know what your cast ability is. Okay, so if you see yeah. yourself playing the jock, you see yourself playing the criminal, whatever, those are the those are the characters you're probably going to go out on. Now, yeah. you may get a little footage, maybe a two-line, you're playing the waiter thing. That on your demo reel, is, is, so what? It's, it doesn't really show your talent. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. But if you took your phone, and, you know, today technology, I mean, the iPhone 13, you could shoot a movie on it, you know, the new phone. I mean, yeah. the camera's a really good camera. What if you just found that really good piece of material that really shows your talent? You know, maybe you got the ability to cry or get angry or whatever that is, or you're comedic and, and you find, found that piece of material and you worked on it more and then shot it and lit it right. And now you have a minute of you doing that. Now, that's going to be so valuable. That's a tool that you can use and put it on your LA casting account, your actor's access. And when they're looking for that, character you already have it there it's it's a no-brainer you're, you're serving it up you're showing them look i can play this part yeah i'm telling you listen folks if you're listening this is like the best advice i can give you right now i did many years of of you know these co-star roles and putting together a reel of a line here and there will do absolutely nothing for you it doesn't serve you as an actor any casting director, and you, you could attest to this, would rather see what Billy just said of you writing a character that fits you, that fits the, your castability, that is something you actually spend time on. You don't just whip it together and go, yeah, I need to shoot something next week. No, you think about it. You let it stew. You write it on paper. 
you, you go over it, you know, you work on it. And then when you're ready, you put a team together, shoot the thing, have that minute clip. I'm telling you, man, a casting director will look at that and it will do wonders for you over a couple of lines mashed together from a couple of popular shows. You know? Absolutely. You know, I tell my actors all the time, you have to show them. Don't leave anything to the imagination. Show them. Yeah. You got to, you have to, because yeah, they don't yeah. know. You got to go, look, I can play this part. Yeah. You know, for yeah. me, like I, I was, I was early on, I got typecast. Oh, you only play that Italian, you know, kind of character. Yeah. And yeah, there were roles like Latino roles that I was like, I wanted and I, I they wouldn't let me in the door. Oh no, you can only play this. You're typecast. You're yeah. only this. Yeah. And I fought to get into that door. But when I got into that door, guess what? I was goateed out, yeah. accent, the yeah. whole thing. They didn't even know it was me. And they cast me in that role. Like I did an NYPD Blue where I played a, a son of a mafia boss who was a homosexual. He was a psychopath. He killed, he killed his brother. He kills, I killed a bunch, bunch of people, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. starring role. Same, shortly after, they cast me to play this other character called Romeo Rodriguez, a completely different guy. They walk differently. Wow. They talk differently. They had different accents. I mean, if they saw each other, they'd probably kill each other in an alleyway. <laughs> you know, they were completely, yeah. but I, I changed their mind. And then all of a sudden, I got, wow. and then all of a sudden the door opened for me to play those roles. Yep. Cause you showed yeah. them. It, it has to be shown. They're not going to, unless you have that look, they're not going to see what you know you can do unless you show them. Absolutely. No, you've, Absolutely. you've played some like amazing characters. I mean, like, you know, you've played, I mean, you're, you're, you're Sasquatch, right? On the, on the, 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 what is it? Beef jerky commercials, right? Yeah. The Jacqueline Sasquatch. And yeah. So you're yeah. Sasquatch. I mean, I just saw you with Charles Barkley in the commercial the other day, which is awesome. <laughs> that was so much you know, fun, man. You're, you're, you're like, I mean, you're, Hellboy, you're like a friggin' boar, you're a, a werewolf, you're, you know, you've played some amazing, like what you work you do with J.J. Uh, Abrams, the makeup and that yeah. characters, you kind of found like a really cool niche yeah. in this business yeah. that is like, like I said, yeah. your, your rep is like, you know, it, that's the first person when I asked about your name was the first one to come up. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's cool on how you've carved out this cool little niche for you. Now, at being, yeah. a, being an actor, how is it for you, I mean, to play, act with, you know, prosthetics on and, and, and bo you know, full body stuff? I mean, how is that for you? How do you how do you approach a character like that? Yeah, that's it's it's a different thing than if we're just playing ourselves, because a lot of times when you're in a makeup you know, as an actor, we're, we're telling a lot through our eyes. We're not distorting our faces and stuff because it, it would come across phony overacting, but in prosthetics, the eye, just the eyes that we're doing here won't always read. So you do have to give a little more. So when I'm getting in a ma first off, I'll, I'll, if I get the script and stuff and I, I get the role, I'll look at it and I'll kind of have my first perception of what I see. And I'll look at the design too. And the design tells me a lot of the character along with the script. And then I'll talk to the director and, you know, kind of come up with it. But then once you get in it, it, it really informs you because if for whatever reason uh, I can't move my arms well, because it, they're really tight and stiff, then I can't do a lot of these big things that I thought I was going to do. So I have to go based off the look of it, the design and the script. And then if I have time, which you barely rarely do it nowadays, especially in TV, I'm literally working on stuff in the fittings, you know, and trying to come up with stuff and then bring what I feel I should do to set. And then sometimes that changes. But what I try to do is I try to get the design. I start try to start working on things. And then when I get in it, I realize because sometimes things are heavy or something like I got a heavy arm. So I go, Oh man, I got to start like training this arm a little bit and stuff. So a lot of it is physical, but if I'm in a makeup, you know, there's a lot of stuff there that informs me and I'll, I'll look in a mirror and kind of work on stuff in a mirror, which you would never do as an actor. You would never practice your faces in a mirror, you know, but, but prosthetics is different. So 
those are the kinds of things that I've, I've learned over the years, you know, and, and I, I got some tricks in my bag that I'll pull out and, you know, and throw into another character that I, that I had done before. But I think that, you know, what, what's really served me is, is the years I've been doing it. And also like being an actor first, you know, like I have the physicality, I was always an athlete. So I bring that, but, but bringing the, the acting into it of who the character is, what he's doing. And I think that that's, really been something that's gotten me more roles as opposed to just being a physical guy and you know because it, it, it it's tough you know some of these characters are really hard so you have to be in shape and you have to know what you're doing but you also have to be able to act through it and you know it's it's a it's it's a crazy thing have you been in prosthetics before and and felt that feeling of yeah, I got, I got two prosthetic stories for you. So one of my first leads in a film was in a cult classic film called Night of the Demons. Oh, yes, of so, course. So, yes. you know, my character in the original script was to get yeah. fully possessed. Like, you know, the, the, the couple, three leads in the film got the full possession. And, yes. uh, you know, I was, I don't know, 18 and 19, and, and I was working with a t- really talented makeup artist, Steve Johnson, who did the, ma- he did the makeup on, on it. And he put, he had to do a head mold of me, right? And this is, yeah, you know, we're talking yeah. 1986, you know, the technology's <laughs> changed a little bit. They got stuff that dries <laughs> yeah. a little quicker now. And, you yeah, know, for sure. but, you know, this is 1986 and I'm, he's putting a cast on my head <laughs> And, you know, I'm a little claustrophobic and all of us, I can't hear, I can't see, I can't breathe. And, you know, this goop is starting to like close off a nostril. (laughs) Now now I'm like, and, you know, they got a straw, they have straws stuck up my nose to help me breathe, but that's not working for me. So I like, I tried, I tried really hard. But at a point, I got so claustrophobic. I just like I, I I was ripping it off my head. I couldn't breathe. I was like dying there. Yeah. So long story yeah. short, that never happened in the movie. My I, I never got the full possession. Thing, okay. Right. So yeah, maybe seven years ago or something like that. You know, I was developing a, a one-hour cop drama, and I play a, a police officer that goes undercover, uh, tracking a serial killer who's killing elderly women. And I had a makeup artist who do this beautiful prosthetic stuff and made me an older woman. And oh, wow. when I got that head mold on and that thing this time, but by this time I've learned how to meditate. So I, I could sit there yes. and just really go into a meditation and breathe and not be all panicky. And in my head, I can get down into my heart and just kind of breathe and ground myself. Yeah. So I was able to do the head mold. And like you said, once I, once he applied the prosthetics and the makeup and everything, and I looked at myself in the mirror, that's when, yeah. you know, oh dear, I found her voice and all the little, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the yeah, movements exactly. and the behavior and, you know, the way. It informs you, right? It informs yeah, once you. you step into the shoes of the character, you know, like for her, yeah. I was wearing stockings and I wanted her to be a little buxom and yeah. heavy set. So, you know, I had all that yeah. stuff on and you, your movements change and, you know, she's an elderly, elderly you woman. You can't be stuck. You can never be stuck to something you think you should be. You got to be open to what's there because it's informing you. It's That's the beauty of it. You know, you've had some serious makeup jobs. <laughs> I mean, what's it? What's, what's the longest makeup job you've ever had? You know, that Star Trek one was like a four hour makeup from from J.J. Abrams Star Trek. It was a it was a silicone thing. So it was like it was like a big head cowl. And then it was like an eye and then it was like a nose and then it was a chin and you know, um, Sasquatch is a big makeup job. It's like a three and a half hour deal um, with two people because there's like all this, all these different pieces and fur. And that's another thing that I think that that's helped me in this is there has been actors that have freaked out and it costs them a lot of money, you know, to, to try to replace somebody. So being somebody that's done it and, and proven and it becomes like a mental thing. Like some, there's been times when I'm like, man, I'm, I'm dying. Like, I, I don't know if I can get through this and you really have to mentally prepare. And, and a lot of times you're, you're the first one there and the last one to leave and you're going through all this stuff. And then you got to bring the character to life. Like you can't hold back when cameras roll and it doesn't matter how you are feeling, you know, you just, you have to bring it. So it's not easy sometimes to, to do that. And I, and I do roles out of makeup too. And, 
You know, I'm working on, you know, I, I love that this has opened doors to do more of that. And I see that going that way in the future. And I'll still always take stuff that I want to do. Um, but it's a cool little niche for sure. And that's like I said at the beginning, you know, once the first big thing I got was uh, I played Jason in the end of Freddy vs. Jason. It was like, you know, it was an iconic character. And and then I got the Thorough, which was John Favreau. It was like this lizard character I played in it. Stan Winston Studios made these this Zorgon lizard. It's a holiday classic now. And I started to go, you know what? This is, this is crazy. Like I'm starting, I'm struggling as an actor. I'm not getting many parts, but they're casting me in this stuff. Maybe I gotta, I gotta push it a little, you know, I was still working at universal. So I, I feel like the training there being in these different characters really helped me. I didn't see it at the time. It's like, Oh, I'm going to start doing these things in makeup, but it kind of like started to go that way. And when you find something that's working, you, you run with sure. it, man, you know? Yeah. You get a little, cause the door opens a little, a little crack. You want to kick it down, man. You, you want to get you in, man. Squeeze your body in, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yes. I'm getting that leg in no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And I used to love when, when I, especially when I first came out here and I, I'd, I'd go up to like Warner brothers to the gate or whatever. And, the yeah. guy say, sorry, kid, you can't come in. And I'd go, mm, I'd walk around the gate. I go down the block. I climbed the fence. I jumped a lot. <laughs> and I was hanging out with Kevin Bacon while he's doing a movie. Nobody knew I jumped a lot. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I know I'm, I'm getting in here. Sorry. You're not, you're not stopping me. You were hungry. Yeah. We were but hungry. I think that's the, that's the key is you have to be hungry. It's a very competitive business. There's a, there's actors flying in every day, coming off the boat, the bus or whatever with, you know, with the same dream. So, and, and on that same day, one's flying out with the broken dream, yep. you know? Yep. So, yeah. And, and, and it is that, I mean, it's a roller coaster ride. I mean, it's feast or famine sometimes, like you said, there was no, you maybe you weren't booking those acting jobs and then all along came these, you know, creature jobs, you know, these cool acting jobs playing a creature. Yeah. It's like, they want me. Oh my gosh. They want me. Like they, they're actually like are interested in me. Like they're coming to me now as, as opposed to me just wanting it so bad and not, it not happening. And then you go, okay, well, this could be something that I could work into just like the basketball. So, you know, finding those things that you can run with, you know, and, and it takes time. That's the thing. These things take time. You know, these things do not happen overnight. These things take time to learn and figure out. You just, you got to stick with it. Yeah. No, you never quit. <laughs> You know, because, you know, sometimes you're at the one yard line, you don't even realize that you're one, at the one yard line and you're ready to yeah. give up. And and you're, you were just about to score a touchdown the very next that's audition. Now, I mean, that's the beauty of, of this business is you never know what's around the corner. You never yeah, know that that next audition could be the one that puts you on the map. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This is something that I have to say, because this is something that I learned is like, I think that a lot of people that come out here, you know, and it's expensive to live in LA. It's expensive to live in New York in these cities. And if you don't have something where you're making money on, on the side, it's going to be tough and you, you're going to fail a lot of times. So I say that you got to have something where you can be flexible to, to audition and do things, but to make money to pay your rent. Cause I feel like when you're struggling to pay your rent and to buy food and you're trying to like, you know, audition, and maybe you didn't go through this. Maybe you had something stronger than a lot of people, but I know for myself, like not having money. Desperation. Yeah. It's desperation. desperation a mile away. Desperation. It's a killer. It's a killer, man. And that's going to make you quit yeah. eventually, unless you're strong enough to, to weather it. So I'd say you got to have like, try to find something where you can make decent money and be flexible. Um, that's, that's a must. Yeah. And, you know, keep it fun. You know, I know a lot of great actors, but you know, it became a business, you know, I got to get the insurance. Yeah. I got to do this. And, and, and that yeah. desperation, you know, it stopped becoming fun. It became a job. Oh shit. I have an audition. Uh, uh, you know, instead of, yeah, I get to play, man. I get to create a character. I got to have an audience. Don't be the actor going into audition. How about be the character in the given circumstance in a real place, talking to a real person, fighting for a real need and be in play mode like Halloween. When you put the costume on, you put yeah. the mask on and it's trick or treat playtime. It's the same shit. Yeah. Create the character, yeah. have fun. 
So don't be yeah. the actor, the desperate actor trying to get something. What if you went into the room just trying to give, man? I love acting. Today I get to act and I'm just going to have some fun. I'm going to make some big choices and I'm going to walk out confident. And it's not yeah. about getting the part. It's about making a fan, yeah. that casting director, become a fan of your work. You know, I, I've heard that so many times and I've said it now so many times. And like, I don't think that people, it really sticks in people's heads. You know, a lot of people say they want to act and then they get an audition where they get a chance to act, but they're complaining about the audition. And these are the moments that it's not about getting the part. Yes, of course you want to get the part, but like go in there, do your thing, have fun. And now that I've made money and I'm, I'm, I'm working and stuff, it is easier to say that than it was when I wasn't. But if you could somehow find that when you're not working, you will have more success. I'll tell you that. Because when you're having fun and you're just doing your thing and not caring what, you know, what anyone thinks and you don't care to be exactly like, you know, everyone else is going to be and play it this way because the explanation point was there and you got to say this and, you know, you do your own thing. You're going to get more success, man. I mean, you really are like it's they see 30 people with the blue backboard backdrop and they're doing the same take on it. And then somebody comes in and he plays, <laughs> plays it the way he wants to do it. It's like, whoa, oh, shoot, what's this? Brings them in. Oh, wow. OK, this is different. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Choices, 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 you know, make them big ones. You got five minutes in that room. You have five minutes in that tape. Better, better, yes. better make a huge choice. The one that they'll remember, you know, flip the script. If everybody's going to be screaming, don't scream. Do the opposite. Yeah. Yep. You exactly. can be screaming on the outside. You know, you know make the You may not get the role. You may not even hear from them. But you know what? Like, you did something different than other people. I'll tell you that. You might not be right for the role, whatever. But you made a choice. It stuck out. They'll think of you for something else. Exactly. What's your most memorable role? My most memorable role... You know, right now, since I've been doing this Sasquatch character for like almost seven years, that like wow, it's, seven years. Yeah, you know, it's it's really cool because you know I've done, I, you know, you do a movie, you do a TV series, and whatever. I've never been a lead on a series for twelve years, so there's just something about when you get into a character that you do over and over and over, where you don't even have to think. It's like you know what you're doing. You show up. And you play. And sometimes when you get something and you're a guest star or whatever, and you go on a set or co-star, you don't really get time to develop that. You do your work and you can show up, but you're not, you're not really that guy like you can be when you've done something so many times. And, and that's what I feel about Sasquatch. I feel like I played this guy. I know his, I know what he does. I know his personality. I know how he moves and I show up and I, it's like improv. Like I just, the funniest stuff doesn't come from these writers writing these commercial scripts. It comes from the improv, the playing that I do in the moment where something happens and an expression I make. And, and that, that just can't comes from the years of doing it. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I think, I think that one for me, just because I've done it so, so much, it, it's, it's probably the most, most memorable to me. I don't know about other people. And know? I, and I'm sure it's, you know, seven years. I mean, I don't know how many commercials you've done, but I've seen quite a few. And I know, you know, in the past, you know, when I've done, like I, I did like, I never did commercials. I was like, Oh no, I'm a real actor. You yeah. know? <laughs> but, 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 but when I saw my friend buying a house and, you know, and he was like, what? I'm yeah. like and then he had all these commercials running and I'm like, I think maybe I should do some commercials. So then I started going out on commercial auditions and I started booking them right away. You know, I, I, yeah. I did a Snapple that turned into five Snapples, but I know that Snapple money, those A-class residuals, there's, you know, it afforded me the ability to like, you know, raise my son the first few years because my wife had been her nine to five. I was there. All I had to do is go to my, my mailbox and, you know, open up a residual check. So, oh, yeah. so I'm sure yeah. that the Sasquatch has been very good to you. Uh, to be honest with you, Sasquatch has completely changed my entire life. Wow. That's you know? awesome. So yeah, it's, it honestly has. And when I was starting out, I was very fortunate to book a bunch of these basketball commercials that were definitely paying the bills, you know, and it's tough to go when you, when you're a guy like yourself 
it's, I mean, at least for me, it's hard to go on commercial auditions nowadays. You know, they're just, you know, the writing and everything. It's not like a, like a show, but you know, I don't really do, I don't really go on them much anymore, but, um, but for when you're starting out, I think the commercials are the greatest thing because, yeah. you know, you don't have to be an amazing actor to book a commercial. A lot of times it is love, yeah. you know, so. And it's a so great way in. It's a great way in, you know, and I used it and, and uh, Sasquatch has definitely been a game changer for me. That's awesome. Sure. So if yeah. you could go back, right. And talk to the younger you the 18 year old you give yourself yeah. some advice about the business, about life. What would you say yeah. to the younger you? I say to me, you know, like I was, I was an athlete and I was, I, I had like a, a looks version of what, what this business was like, Hey, like I, I could look muscular and look good and that's going to book me roles. And my friends think I'm funny and, and I wasn't putting the work in, you know, like I would say like, you got to put the work in, be in acting class, train, shoot your own stuff. You know, the same things I said before, I mean, you will learn so much from shooting a short film and you will give yourself a role and you won't be on anyone else's terms. You won't be on, you know, a TV show where you have one line and, you know, you have to do it this way and you're stiff and you're uncomfortable. You can do your own thing. And you're going to be more confident. Put the work in because just because you lived in, you know, Ohio and you were the prom queen and you're the best looking person or whatever, you were the funniest at your school doesn't mean when you come to Hollywood that you're going to be <laughs> the same, the same people that are hiring you or thinking the same thing. You gotta, you gotta put in the work. I mean, you really do. It's great advice. You know, you, especially working on your craft because you know, when Got you're it. in a class and you're in front of other actors and you're doing it, it's, it's, it's just like an audition scenario. You're in front of an audience, that casting director, that director, that producer in that room, that's, you know, it's just getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I'm really working on it. Yeah. And, and, and practice auditioning. Practice you know, auditioning. And I tell like, my actors, oh, self-tapes, self-tapes, self-tapes. Right now, that's the future of casting. So you better absolutely. be filming yourself on a daily basis and getting, you know, mastering that because that is truly how you're going to work. It, it absolutely is. And I already have a setup in my garage where it makes it easy and the lighting and all that is there. You know, like, there's no reason why you can't get together with, let's say, oh, I don't have money to take a class. Okay, but you have, you can get together. And I did this, I did this a few years ago just to keep practicing with good actors. Is we'd get together, you know, once a week, we'd uh, down, they download sides, get a copy, set up their, um, their camera, had a tripod, shoot on their own camera, someone else reads off camera. And work a scene. And man, I'll tell you, it was, it was such a valuable thing. And everybody gave, you know, advice and you'd hear different perspectives from different actors that were talented and working and, and it didn't cost anything, you know, like it's practicing like that. If you're not working or in a class is valuable, you should be doing it. You ever, you ever think about quitting the business? I thought about quitting in the past, but just one of those things when you're just frustrated in the moment, I never actually like really said, I'm going to quit. It was always like, you're just like down and whatever. And like, Oh, maybe I could do something else. But you all, I always came back. I was, it was never a serious thing. It was just something that would, you know, a thought in the moment, just like you have passing thoughts. So no, if even if I didn't act for some reason, I would want to make movies because I've always made, I, I have movies that I made as a kid with a VHS cutting stuff together. I posted a clip, you know, during Halloween where I shot a short film about Halloween, a Michael Myers story. I thought it was a perfect timing. Um, I was always doing it. I was editing with two VHS tapes and VCRs and doing sound effects as I was editing. So so I just, I just feel like I would do something in the business, even if it wasn't acting. That's awesome. So what's, you know, I know you have some, some big things on the schedule that we can't talk about, but yeah. that, I, I'm pretty excited. I can't wait to see that because yeah. my, yeah. my son loves that show. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do. So when I, when I told him I, I was going to be interviewing you and you were working on that show, we won't mention the show. He was like, 
<gasps> he was like, and they yeah. film out your way, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> really? Oh, they're right here. Yeah. They're around the corner. I'm telling you, brother. So, so when you're in the neighborhood, you got to come by. I'm really- I do. I, you know, now that we're, now that we're saying this, I would love to come by. And I actually, I wish I lived closer to you because I've always like back when we were talking, I wanted to stop in in the class, but it's just, it's such a having three kids with sports schedules and being in Northridge and you know, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. You have three kids. Wow. Three kids. How old are they? Uh, 16, 14, and 7. Wow. And your wife's an actress? As actress, producer, writer. She's a talented awesome. woman. Yeah. The kids in the business? My son is a, is a brown belt, almost a black belt martial artist, and he's doing voiceover now. And I'm, I'm like, I need to get him in a role as a martial artist. He'd be like so perfect for uh, Cobra Kai because he's so amazing, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you got to reach yeah. out to Cobra Kai, get a little footage of him doing his roundhouse kicks and say, hey, look at this. <laughs> exactly. I have it, too. So, yeah. Just gotta yes. take, take massive action, man. Just get on the horn. Know. Who's casting that? Go on IMDb exactly. Pro. Who's the casting director? What's it? What's her email? Oh, OK. I'm going to send her yeah. an email with a little yeah. piece of footage. I know. You know, that's that's totally. that's that's how you get shit done. Just, you know, say, OK, this is what I want. How am I going to get there? What do I got to do? And then go do yeah. that. <laughs> and I'm telling him, I'm telling him the same advice I've been given during this podcast is like, we're going to get you in the door with your martial arts because you're amazing. Yeah. You got the look and they're going to want you for that. And, and you could act too. You know, even though you don't have a lot of experience, that's going to get you in the door to book some nice role or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Doug, I can't thank you enough for coming on the, the podcast, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah. your wisdom and your knowledge. And uh, oh, gosh, yeah. you know, this this is a real school. This is not a virtual background. So, you know, no, I know. We gotta I know. Get you in here, you know, I love it. I love it. Come Are back. you all back in having class and everything? Or, it's or been, what? You know, I've been online. You know, it's been amazing because you, it doesn't matter where you live. You could study with me. You know, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing a lot of that now. Like, it seems like it's going to that. Yeah. And, and well, people dig it. Like, I think it, it, it works better with people's schedule. And, you know, there's, there's something about being, being in front of a class and, you know, reading with people, but you know, it seems to be working. So. I, I miss, I miss it having people here on the stage and that's, sure. you know, hopefully with, you know, with these new variants or whatever, I just, hopefully when this thing, I, I just, I'm dying to have that energy back in the studio. I mean, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, it doesn't matter what state, what country you could study with me. We get on a, on a Zoom and, you know, yeah. and I like this because this is acting for film. I can see this camera is a lie detector. I can see when somebody's lying. And if I'm in a close up over here and you're doing your stuff, I'm seeing exactly what I would be seeing, yeah. you know, if we were doing a movie. Yeah. And also, also the fact that everything is uh, self-tape, you know, you, you know, you're going to be on the camera anyway, yeah. sending this tape. So let's nail it right here, right now. Yeah, And this right? is, yeah, this is the zoom callback, you know, so you got to not only master you your self-tape, but you got to master the zoom callback and what, yep. you know what to do and what not to do. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> seriously, when you're here, down here, you got my number, give me a buzz. I'd love to grab some lunch with you, brother. Hey man, I'm going to do that. I'm going to hopefully, uh, yeah. I'm going to do that. I look forward to see what's next for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we uh, work together someday. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I, I got to get you on my next project. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I got, I'm in the midst of writing a screenplay right now. So there's a lot of great roles in it. That's great. Being creative, man. I, I love it. Yeah. You got to, you got to create your own projects. Like you said, you know, and, Absolutely. and, you know, mine's, mine's a big project, but you know, if, if you're a young filmmaker, filmmaker out there, all you got to do is break out that cell phone and find a little piece of material and shoot it. Even, even if it, it's not something that that's out there or whatever, like the fact that just doing it, you're going to learn from it. You're going to learn editing. You're going to learn, you know, shots, how to, how to compose a shot. And, and then from there you do something that you put a little money into. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great, Great thing. Yeah, and the beauty is, is there's so much out there for, for I mean, just go to YouTube and go uh, see editing videos or three-point lighting videos or, you know, oh, gosh. framing. You know, I mean, there's just so much information out so there much. for free. You can go, so you can, it's, it's amazing what you can learn. Oh, you can learn. I've done it a million times. It's like you do learn from that. Hey, know? real quick, I wanted to ask you a question. And last yeah. question, okay? I know for me, 
as an actor, I love the animal exercise, you know, doing animal yeah. work because it gets me out yeah. of my behavior. You know, I ask yeah. myself if my character were an animal, what animal would they be? And then I yeah. try stuff on, you know, and I, I start to find the animal and then stay human with the, the essence of the animal and find new behavior that's not my behavior. So my characters yeah. don't walk the same. They don't talk the same. They're different animals. Do you do any animal work because you're inside like... I, as you as you just spoke about it, I've never actually put an animal in my body as far as like for a regular character, but I've definitely like I actually do a, a, a bunch of workouts that are animal movements that I put into my characters and they've made my body and stuff more flexible and move well. Like it's a whole bunch of like all these different moves, scorpion to beast to ape to, you know, all these moves that. that I use, but, but I'm, I, I come from improv. I've done a lot of improv when I started out and, and we would do all these crazy exercises and I'm a very, I'm a physical person. So I do like to get myself out of, out of my own skin and like get out there and move around and do stuff. Not necessarily have I done the animal for a character, but I, I could totally relate to that because it does help you get, get out of your head. You're sitting there on your size and you're just like thinking about things. You're, you get in your head. Sometimes you get out there and move a little, you know, things, things connect to you without being so stuck in what you think you should do. Yeah. I say so, when you're in your head, you're dead. When you're in your yeah, heart, yeah. you're smart. Stay in your heart, have yeah. stay in play, have fun. Key, have fun. And go yes. after your dreams with a vengeance. Yes. <laughs> All right, brother. Yeah, man. That was a, this was awesome, dude. I loved it. This was so cool talking acting with you. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Billy. Talk soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.